Today's readings, in many ways, are, are both challenging in some ways, as well as, as well as consoling. What we have before us is, first of all, in our first reading from 2 Samuel, what we witness is a very difficult, tumultuous time in the life of King David, his own son, Absalom, driven by a powerful desire to be king. First, he sacrificed his own sister so that he eliminate his older half-brother, the oldest half-brother, so that he would not become a king. So that's one, one of the first things. Secondly, he uh, concocted a plan and he carried out, he invited all the half-brothers who would be possible pretenders to the throne of David. And what he had is they had, he had them all killed. Now King David, as a consequence, punished him, but he was very lenient to him. He uh, punished him for two years of, of banishment, and then also uh, the punishment included that he'll never be a king. So there he goes, and he concocts again another plan how he can eliminate his own father so that he could become a king. And so um, he uh, you know, talks to people from the northern kingdom, you know, as you know, the kingdom of, 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 of Jacob. He divided into 12 sons. He gave the 10 and became the, ultimately the northern kingdom, the 10 tribes, and then the two southern. And so he talks with the people from, from the north and, and he uh, stages a coup trying to eliminate King David. King David uh, leaves and he escapes because he knows that his son will kill him and he will kill his, 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 his uh, closest military leaders as well. And so, but the interesting thing is there's King David running and walking from his palace through a garden of Gethsemane. It's garden of Gethsemane. He's walking there, crying, barefoot, running, walking, and along the way as he leaves the palace, a number of his own military leaders join him eventually forming a type of guard for him. And, um, and, and, and there we have. But what we see here in this whole story is that King David uh, forced, forced to flee. Uh, along the way, he meets someone who is known as Shimei. Shimei is from the tribe and from the family of King Saul. And, and so he, along the way, this Shimei is, is taunting him and cursing him and throwing stones at him. His, uh, his military leaders, um, especially Abishai, who's in charge of them, he says, look, you, you know, you're king, you're anointed one, no one should be calling you these names, no one should be throwing stones at you, cursing you. He says, let me just eliminate him. But King David says, no. No. What if God is the one who inspired him to, to remind me of who I am, of the bloodshed, of everything that I have done in life, my sin? What is if God wishes and he lets him walk and throw stones at him, curse him, ridicule him along the way? He says, it fits you right. He says that your own son would go after you and try to eliminate you. There's a beautiful, in a sense, teaching 
that we received through the through the King David's the his attitude. He knows what's going on. He doesn't retaliate in anger, but he humbly accepts the situation, acknowledging that God might be using this adversity for a greater purpose. And so this sort of passage, uh, seeing the in treatment, mistreatment and and injustice is done to David, not only through his son, but also Shemai. She speaks to us of, of ultimately the necessity of humility, which, which King David embraces. Yes, a powerful king, and yet he embraced the humility and allowing even someone to mistreat him for the sake that maybe in God's justice, which he has done so much wrong, that somehow God will look kindly upon him. But not only that, what we see is, is David crying out to God in the midst of own, his own distress because he knows that he doesn't have even the ability to protect himself fully, but he places, places himself at the disposal of God. This is where the psalm, responsorial psalm, which he most likely authored because these are the psalms are from King David. He's placing his confidence in God amidst the difficulties that he has to endure. It seems like there's no way out of the situation. His son Absalom is too good. He organized a huge military unit and, and that he most likely will succeed. And so the only thing that David has is this great king humbled profoundly, but he can only find refuge in God. So I will call to turn. It says it's a call to turn to God in times of trouble and to trust in his faithfulness. There's many things here we can say, the parallel between David and Jesus. Jesus also, after the Last Supper, we instituted the Eucharist. Where does he go? He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. David was crying as he walking in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was running away. Jesus, oh, Jesus we see, crying to the Father about, he says, to take away, Father, this, this courage. This, this, this chalice of pain, of suffering, if it's not your will. But if it is your will, he surrendered himself. And so we see a type of parallel in King David surrendering himself as Jesus, the son of David, later our Lord and our God, surrendering himself to the Father. But as we know, there's a difference. David, there's a, David was not sinless. David had sins on his heart. He murdered someone. He had to it because of to cover up his his uh, his adultery, and 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 so there's a there's a sin there. So the justice that follows David is true justice, and, ju and David understands. But Jesus, sinless, in that sin sinlessness, and he offers himself out of love for us, out of the justice that we would we deserve. He surrendered himself completely, and he allowed himself to be crucified, allowed himself to suffer the great, great sufferings of crucifixion and, and death on a cross. God protected David, ultimately, was able to overcome in his own Absalom, and, and, and he was able to overcome, and he was able to return back to the throne but as we know, Jesus returned to the Father after he secured victory for us. He died for us, but he secured the victory by, by his, by his uh, salvific death. 
by offering himself to the Father as a son of God. Uh, in our, in our uh, gospel today, we encounter the story of Jesus healing the man possessed by a legion of demons. First of all, there's a long description of the depravity of how the evil one, not only evil, but the legion of demons that, that possessed this man, how he was, his, his whole dignity and his whole humanity was being destroyed by evil one. He hurt himself. He was yelling, he used stones to cut himself, to wound himself, to destroy his own humanity. And then what we have, this is the, the possession of evil. Evil destroys us. You know, today, I have to say, there's so many who now are embracing, you know, the Satan as being the American hero, that he's the one who says no to, you know, to the authority. You know, he's being launched as, as someone who's supposed to be great, and many are embracing him. But you know what? There is no embracing of evil. Evil, when we embrace, it destroys us. It destroys everything about us, not only here on earth, but also ultimately destroys us for all eternity. This is why Jesus gave us the power to eliminate this evil, to, to expel demons. He gave us the power because he knows that we have no chance. Once we allow evil one to enter, we can't get rid of him. He's just crying out. But the interesting thing is here is this, is the, the one who's possessed, he runs to Jesus. He runs to him. He prostrates himself. But then the evil one, what the evil one does is the evil one uh, says, I don't want you to be here. I don't want you to be part and parcel of the uh, of 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 this this uh, this this event here he wants to remove the evil one i mean the, the evil one wants to remove jesus from the scene but jesus would not let he came to this earth to eliminate evil sin anything that threatens us anything that wants to wishes to destroy us and so here it is the evil one knows that he's going to be expelled and the demons will be expelled and so they say allow us to go into swine. Well, the Jewish people were not supposed to have, it was contrary to have swine, which was that there was sin there, sin of those who owned the swine. It was sin. So they, were, they went contrary to the, to the commandments of God at that time, the commandments of purity. And so the Lord allows the legion to enter swine. But, you know, we have to say the swine couldn't take the evil one. And they ran and, and threw themselves into the sea. This is even swine couldn't take the evil one and the religion. You know, I mean, I, I'm kind of going beyond this word of scripture, but, but what, what else would they do? So there's a, there's a destruction of evil. And so here we have uh, Jesus as, as having the power, the power to confront evil and to eliminate evil. May we then today, as we continue with this sacred liturgy, to allow ourselves to be purified by God, allow ourselves to be purified, to call upon him like David, when we are in distress, we're in difficulty, where there seems to be no way out, that we call upon the Lord into our own brokenness sometimes, the evil that controls us, the evil that seems to affect us so much, 
or the environment in which we live, we cannot control. And yet we know that God is able to do all things. Inviting the Lord into our heart, that means we're removing evil from within our hearts. We remove sin. The more we are imbued with God, the more we welcome him through the sacrament, especially the Eucharist, penance, all the sacraments. In this way, we are being healed, transformed from within, because this is what God's wish and desire is, that we'll be saved, that we'll be like his son, that our broken humanity, sinful humanity, may, 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 may be renewed and refreshed, transformed by the power of God's merciful love to become sons and daughters of God, to be saints, that's the call. And, and to, the sooner we become more and more aware, the, the better it will be for us for all eternity. Because sometimes we just, we just don't know, we're so confused, we are so afraid. We think of the church in, in terms of institutions and brokenness and everything else. But the church has the power of God within, the power of the sacraments. It's not because of worthiness of priests, a priest can be unworthy and yet he can still consecrate the bread and wine. He can still do so because it is not up to the priest. It's the power of Christ in him. Power of Christ. It's the, it's we do so in the name of, of and through the power of the Holy Spirit given to us by Christ. So it is in persona Christi. And so the church does have the gifts and the power by which we can be sanctified, we can be divinized, we can be made holy, and has the power to eliminate evil from within, sin, fear, despair, all the consequences which sin, which sin produces, especially capital sins, which makes us forget God, forget our own dignity, forget our own abilities. So this is why the Lord needs to not only help us, but we sometimes are the ones who are to call upon the blessings for others because they may not be aware, but we have the capacity to help others, to help people around the world because we can in his name and, and in, his, in his and through his power to enact good, to eliminate evil and ultimately prepare ourselves for eternity in heaven. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. 
Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.